Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. <laughs> we're going to tell you what makes them great. Why we think they're awesome and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. So, Rob, I had a really good joke to start this thing, but the more I think about it, it's pitiful. Pitiful. Oh, my word. Rob, tell them what song we're talking about. No, I won't. With which artist? Go away. All right. This is Peaches by the Presidents <laughs> of the United States of America. That was so bad. It was great. <laughs> moving to the country. I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country. I'm going to eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country. I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country. I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. Peaches come from a can. Yes, indeed. Oh, that there is we go. Peaches by the Presidents of the United States of America from the 1995 debut album from our guests today, the Presidents of the United hey. States of America. Actually, two-thirds of them. Yes. We'll be speaking with Chris Ballou and Dave Jetterer from the Presidents of the United States of America. Uh, Jason Finn intended to be with us, ended up not being able to make it. Uh, but we have two-thirds of them, which is basically like having George Washington through Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> Here with us on the show um, today. So that is from the debut album, um, and man, did that thing blow up! It was it was such a big album. Like I feel like they had, um, you know, sometimes a band just comes out of nowhere and kind of explodes, and they they really did, uh, you know, seemingly out of nowhere. I I realized they'd been working hard for a long time. You know what I mean? As a listener, you become aware of them, and then it's like. They just blow up your world for the next two years at least. Yep. Um, and that's what happened with uh, the presidents, as we can shorten their name too safely, I think. The uh, song itself, Peaches, went to number 29 on the Billboard Hot 100, 23 on the, which is so, I mean, it's it such feels a, like a one. It's, well, it, no, see, I was going to say it's such a weird song. Well, I just meant in terms of relevance in the zeitgeist. Like, oh, I yeah. felt like this song was everywhere. Hey, yeah, everybody, of course. But I'm saying, like, for a, for a song, of this kind of um, um, oddity, yeah. right, to get to number 29 on the Hot 100 in 1995, yeah. you know, in, we're in the heart of, like, Stone Temple Pilots mm-hmm. and, all, you know, all that stuff, like, for this, for this little, for this weird thing to get yeah. that hard is, is amazing. Uh, it went to number 23 on the mainstream top 40, number 24 on the mainstream rock chart, and number 8 on the alternative airplay chart here in the U.S. It went to number 1 in Canada on the rock and alternative chart, number 1 in Iceland, big in Iceland, and number 8 in the U.K., uh, and it went top 20 to 40 in various other places. It, it was the number 16 song in Canada for all of 1996, number 14 in Iceland, and number 58 for all of 1996 in Australia. Okay. Uh, it was nominated for a 1997 Grammy for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal. You're going to love this. Along with, here were the other other nominees who were not the winner. Okay, I'm going to okay. save the winner, and you're going to try and guess the oh, winner. Oh, man. All right? So this is... So you've got Peaches by the President. The category one more time? Uh, best, best pop performance pop. by a duo or group with vocal. Okay. Okay. Um, the other nominees who did not win were As Long As It Matters by Gin Blossoms. Okay. When You Love a Woman by Journey, which, gosh, I love Man, that song. Man, that guitar solo um, at the end. St- and Steve Perry with hair just straight down on. past his butt. Ba-ba, it's amazing. Um, Fire on the Playing Mountain. Playing E flat, folks. <laughs> uh, Fire on the Mountain by the Neville Brothers. And When You Wish Upon a Star by Take Six. Okay, so there's no freaking rhyme to this group. Right, so it's kind it's of cropped. all over the it's map. Everywhere. Okay. And and the winner is uh, equally, you would not think of them 
Okay. In this, in well, this, if it, I in was going to guess it's the end of the world as we know it by REM. <laughs> I think that was early. That was earlier was than it? this. Yeah, early so, mid nineties. This is if I said to you, what band? Not even what song? What band won the nineteen ninety seven Grammy for best pop performance by a duo or group with vocal? You would never guess it. DC Talk, Jesus you would Freak. Never guess it. I don't know. It was the Beatles. What? It was free as free a bird. Free as a bird? Yes. Oh, yeah. Free okay. as a bird won that Grammy uh, for best. And what are you going to do? It's the when next the, best thing to be. When there's a new Beatles song, yeah. you're not going to win that exactly. category. It yeah. doesn't matter if that's not the best song yeah. that the Beatles ever made or whatever. They're going to win. It's like, yeah. there's new Beatles. You know yeah. what I mean? It I'd, had been so long. The Grammys were so thirsty for the Beatles. So, um, Aren't we all now still, though? Let's just be well, honest. Well, crap, yeah. If there was new Beatles stuff that came out, I mean, that's why they keep putting out these, like, Here's, you know, here's the sound of Ringo smoking a cigarette in the yeah. thing. And we just like watch it. And we're like, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and actually, we're going to talk talk a little bit about Ringo, uh, you know, here a bit later with Chris and Dave um, in passing. Maybe we might not even leave that in the interview. We'll see. Let's see. Uh, the single is certified gold in Australia. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the song itself. First of all, the subject matter of the song uh, there's wild speculation as to what the song is about. Uh, it's about sex. It's about Marxism. It's borrowed from John Prine's song, Spanish Pipe Dream. None of that is right. Um, <laughs> let's get it straight from Chris Ballou. Uh, according to American Songwriter Magazine's interview with him, the song is about a couple of real-life incidents, um, a, one in which he took some LSD and went to the house of a girl that he kind of had a thing for. She ended up not being there. Like he knocks on the door. She doesn't. She either is not there or doesn't come to the door. Mm-hmm. I'm unclear. Um, and so he goes to like wait for her. She has a, like a peach tree in the yard. There's peaches on the ground, and he starts to pick some up. Mind you, he's on LSD apparently, <laughs> according to this sure. quote. Um, and uh, and he just starts to like. He said the peaches are in like various stages of decay that have fallen down on the ground. And he starts to kind of just smush them in his hand and <laughs> yeah. and just wait. You know, I don't know. Um, and so that's you get really you get that story is the second verse of the song, yeah. right? That's that's you know, um, dreamed about you, woman. That whole that whole bit there. That's what we're talking about there. Then the um, and I guess apparently he just sat there long enough that eventually he kind of talked himself out of waiting for her or talking to her and, yeah. and left. Um, the second story is that Chris, while waiting for a bus in Seattle, overheard a homeless man kind of uh, repeatedly say, I guess to himself, or I don't know if he's talking to other people, but saying, I'm moving to the country. I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. So pretty literally, you here's your chorus. Yeah. You know? And um, so he took that and kind of brought those two together to, you know, those two experiences together to to make the song. Um and so that's it. It's not about sex. It's not about Marxism. It's not. They didn't rip off John Prine. Everybody lay off. Um, you know, it's just a song. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Iconic video for absolutely people of our generation. You know, this was where they had several videos off that album that were memorable. Uh, but uh, I feel like this was the one that really is the you know. It, there's a ninja attack. Anytime there's a ninja attack in a peach grove, you're going to remember That's that right. one for a minute. You know, and, and we talked to him about one of their other videos too in the yeah. interview. So hang around here. Let's talk with Chris and Dave about Lump. Yeah. Um, and so you know, the video is just one of those things. And of course, you, one of the things you instantly notice if you're any level of guitarist when you see the presidents is you you notice that their guitars don't have enough strings on them, yeah. right? You go like, what's the deal with their guitars? Um, and we talked to him quite you know a bit about how, how that sort of evolved um, and became one of their trademarks. And we got was, to see the guitars actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. In, no, in the case of uh, Chris, we got to see the basses and the guitars. That yeah, that's right. So we've got a. a Two-string bass action. Let me see how it's actually labeled on their um, things here. It's okay. So, so Chris is credited with vocals and two-string bass guitar, and <laughs> Dave is credited with three-string git bass and vocals. Uh, and Jason Finn, the drummer, is credited with no-string drums and That's backing funny. vocals. That's great. Which uh, you know, I don't know, is a snare 
a string. It's got it's got strings. He probably had like fifty strings on his, right. on his snare drum. So yeah, great video. Uh, they they win. They beat the ninjas in the end. The ninjas appear at that point in the song. There's a point where there's a big tempo shift, and the and the feel of the song like drastically changes, and you get the millions of peaches, peaches for me. Um, let's play a little bit of it yeah. actually, and then we're going to talk about it. little different song here guys yeah So here's our ninja fight. You know, ninja yep. fight is going down at that at that point in the song, um, and they do win. It looks grim there for a minute. So yeah. they, the ninjas have surrounded one of the guys on the ground, and they're you know whatever. But by the end, the last thing is we get a, a knockout punch to the classic ninjas. America fashion. The, the presidents, camera. yeah, Maybe. the president. It's like, oh man, things are looking grim. Yeah, but we come through, and That's, old glory waves, and right. eagles fly. Yes, and still to this day, as far as I know. No president of the United States of America has been killed by ninjas. That we to, know, to of. my knowledge. That's right, that okay, we, know of. The, the, we don't get to. We're not necessarily privy to everything, <laughs> but I think ninja attack still remains yeah. undone. Magic bullet cannot be traced back to uh, yeah. ninjas. Right? Yeah, to ninjas. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little theory on that uh, section, and then in the kind of in the song in general. It's not the most complicated song in the world, but it does have a random. Um, you know, random tempo change, a uh, big tempo swing, and then it has some interesting uh, theory getting us uh, from the from the verse to the chorus and back down. So the tempo change, we just go. It's just a, it's not even a um, gradual thing. It it's just happens. Direct, you get yeah. that uh, can or uh, can or fried, and then it's just literally here's another section that's mm-hmm. in a different. You know, goes from about ninety five, ninety six. To about 119, 120. I don't think we're on a click here, but the tempo is steady. The yep. groove is rock steady. Um, okay, so interesting theory on the... So I'm calling the A sections the choruses because they repeat. Moving to the country, I'm going to okay. eat a lot of peaches. Okay, I'm calling that the chorus. So you call that the chorus. Because it's the same, right? So they come back to it, and it's the same. And then there are two other parts that are different, and I'm calling those verses. So you've got... In other words, you've got moving to the country, going to eat a lot of peaches, right? That's the first... And then peaches come from a can. They, they were put, put there, there by, by a man. man. I'm calling that a verse. That's... I'm so bad. Or a B section. Like the way I call it in my head because it makes sense now what you're saying because the choruses would repeat. Yeah. But I would call it a change in chorus line. Like okay. making that second part the chorus uh-huh. and they change that. And then the so, verse is just the same both times. Yeah. yeah. So however you think that's of it. That's so, weird. Yes. It was A's and B's. Is so maybe I'll call way. it A yeah. section, B section. Okay. So A, A section being... Moving to the country, I'm going to eat me a lot of peaches. And then B section being the the lyrical, you know, uh, took a little nap and that's all twist. Okay, that section. Um, so the A sections are in D flat. The, okay. the, the first thing we hear in the song, the warbly. They're just playing in D, half step down. Could be in D, half step down. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. but it's just, it, I wouldn't put it past them to play in C, half step up. Just as weird, yeah, no, that yeah, just subvert me. expectations. Yeah. yeah, no, it does sound like you know the um, definitely the guitars have that rich, deep mm-hmm. uh, thing that makes me think, yeah, we could be in D flat uh, proper. Yeah. You know, yeah, toned down. down a Who step. knows? So the the those sections are in D flat. The B sections are in E. Okay, so okay, we're going so no, from because why would you want to play in? D well, but and they're all, F, yeah, I guess they're all up and down the strings. Yeah, it doesn't true. matter what you do; you're going to have to play things differently that's than yeah. you would normally, kind of outside of the box. You know what I mean? So we're going. Let me go back here to the verse or to the. Uh, I called it the verse. So we're going A section. We're in D flat. E A A B E A A B. It's a weird. That's a weird. Yeah, so we're going from you know it's one to the six. Well, or six to the. If you're in, D, well, you're in, but D it's flat. major. It's D flat it's major. D flat major. Yeah, it's not a minor chord. Yeah, so it's so. it's just a here's a new key. It's yeah. not even like a thing We're that's going like up a step and a half, a relative major yeah. minor. It's just a you know, um, step and a half's a weird key. That's the old. It, it does. Ha- it, it happens more than you'd think. I know. We talked about it on the you know the Bon Jovi episode, yeah. and mm-hmm. we've talked about it more several time. times. Yeah, yeah, it just keeps coming up. Yeah. Um, and so what they do is then they go, okay, E, 
A A B E right one four four five one mm-hmm. and then four four five three they hit that and it's really like a on the guitars I don't think it's is major it three or minor major? Or is it a fifth it's a, it's the it's the third of yeah, yeah. our key in E flat it's but the, I'm saying is it like a and it becomes the fifth of the original key which lets us get yeah. back down to D flat so that's a G sharp it's a G sharp yeah so or an or an A flat if you're in D flat. Yes, correct. If you're thinking that way. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is the chord voicing is are they playing like a five? It's like, just yeah, the chord voicing sounds a, like a like a what we'd call a power chord, not major yeah. or minor. But the root, vocals is it root third fifth? No, it's or just, just root, root fifth, fifth root. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That so it's playing. like a five. Like it would read like G sharp five. G sharp five, yeah, yeah or G no third, yeah. Um, but the vocals are giving away that it's major. Okay. Because he's going, he's outlining, you know, dreaming about you, woman. Yeah. So that's giving yeah. us the major, right? So mm-hmm. it for sure is major, which is not uh, diatonic or natural to the key of yeah. E major, which is where we are. Then you go, sun, sun soaking, sun soaking bulges in the shade, moving to, and it just lets the vocal kind of slide back down to get us into that shade, moving to mm-hmm. the country. You know what I mean? It lets our, it, it lends the ear naturally to get back in. So let's play it one more time. We'll walk all the way through it. So we're going to go back to D flat. So we're in D flat here. We're going to go up to the flat third. We're in E, A, A, B, E. Four, four, five, one. Four, four, five, three. Major. Then we're going to go four, four, five, three. But the five of the new key. Yeah, it's good. we're back to one. It's good outlining of that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Try to try to simplify it a little bit, um, and then that's also the the ending key um, is going to be in D flat as well. Okay. That that ending barrage, yeah, you know. fast part. Yeah. So there we go. There's your uh, there's some theory on probably more theory than you expected maybe on uh, peaches by the president of the United States of America. I'm not sure. Um, it feels like a good time to me that we could meet the band. Yeah, here. let's meet them. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. All right, I'm quickly going to meet the band because we actually get to talk to meeting the band yeah. at the end, which is kind of neat. So I talked to them a lot, some, well, some about some of their gear. So this is normally where I touch on gear, but I'll let them talk on it. On on guitar, Dave, I'm going to let you help me with the last Dave Detterer. It's Detterer, yeah. is how it's, but I always pronounce it wrong. So <laughs> thank you for helping me with that. Dave Detterer. Dave Detterer. On uh, lead vocals and bass, uh, Chris Ballou. We get to talk with both of them, and we mentioned uh, Jason Finn on drums. He uh, couldn't slip by us. Um, So I just want to touch on the band because we actually get to actually meet the band at the end, actually meet some presidents. Yeah. But uh, let's stump the genius. Let's do that right now. Okay, straight in. Let's do it. Stump them. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. I take your part. I can't believe you're actually going to play audio clips and not do... Presidents of the United States of America trivia. I was going to, and I thought that's too predictable. He'll be ready for that. <laughs> I'll be ready. I've been studying all forty-six so, of them. So uh, these are songs about president stuff. Okay. So I'm going to play president stuff. I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to play ten seconds of each song. Okay. I'm going to play ten seconds of each song. If this includes uh, "Hey Man, Nice Shot" by Filter about. President Kennedy. That's it's not, out of bounds. Okay. It's not, but we'll see because there may be something just as uh, just as, as inappropriate. So okay. all you have to do is get the artist, and I'm thinking you're going to go four for four okay. on this. I'm going to give you ten four seconds okay. of each. I'll stop it at ten seconds. Some I'll play at different parts, like some I'll start at different parts of the song because okay. I want to try to select ten seconds that um, that you'll have a sure, yeah, yeah, a good, a good solid fight, good chance, yeah, a good chance on. So Gotta give him a chance. Um, so here we go. Here's ten seconds of this particular jam, um, and here we go. Who's got the 
It's Pearl Jam. It is Pearl Jam. It's, I don't know the name of the song. You just got to get the artist. Oh, boom. Okay. So that is Brain of Jay, which okay. is about JFK's brain disappearing. Okay. On, on, but it was uh, on a flight on the way to Washington, D.C. So okay. nice job. One for one with uh, Pearl Jam. Here is number two. Wait, are you, do you mean to tell me that JFK's brain disappeared? Uh, uh, like, on, the, on a flight on the way to Washington, D.C. They lost it. Apparently. Lost his brain. That's what I'm... Whoa. So, anyway, Whoa. story for another day. Whoa. Name this artist. Here we go. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm going to kick myself for not knowing this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can pick another 10 seconds. All right, yeah, give me 10. Yeah, I'll give yeah. me 10. Oh, that's James Brown. That is James okay, Brown. I was like, there I, you go. I, I like, that is good. I that couldn't is... tell if it was like a hip-hop group sampling no, James Brown or like going for I a thing. It. or if it, yeah. That's good. That is so. James Brown. That is Funky President. Uh, he oh. actually met Richard Nixon, so that's a song about that. Um, all right. Let's go with number three. By the way, if you have not listened, this is a free advertising for this podcast, but if you've not listened to the James Brown Mystery it is by wonderful. CNN, you, it's, it's uh, incredible and sad and amazing. Yes, it is wonderful. Rob uh, introduced it to me, and I'm hooked. Or was hooked. I binged it and heard the whole thing. Here we go. Number three. Name this artist. That's Tupac. That is Tupac. Yeah, okay. That is Letter to the President. Okay. So, very well done. Uh, you might have to do a little editing on that one for the, for the kids at home. <laughs> um, last one. Three for three. Okay. Um, here we go. Let me see here real quick where I can uh, start this one here. I'm going to start it right here with... Uh, that's Stevie Wonder. Oh, my God. That's, you, heard, you haven't done nothing. Dude, yeah. you heard one second. <laughs> I freaking of love same, this song so much. That's awesome. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, good call. I freaking love this song. There you go. You haven't done Jackson 5 in there. Boom. Well love done. It. Ringing them bells. Four for four. You went 100% on that uh, stuff. That sure genius. did. There you go. President stuff. That's excellent. Well, I'm so proud of myself. Well played. Good start to the uh, good start to the year this year with Rob. Four for four today. That's right. That's right. It's bringing up my average. Um, I did have one thing on facts about peaches. That's actually where I was going to go. Okay. I was going to go facts about peaches trivia. Okay. But uh, this is the uh, this is the two best or some of the most I um, Peaches, uh, this fuzzy fruit. In Georgia each year, the largest peach cobbler, I was going to ask you to guess how big, but uh, oh 11 feet by 5 is made each year. An 11-foot wow. cobbler. Okay. That's a pretty good-sized cobbler. That's, yeah, that's like a... Um, it's I mean, like the height of a basketball goal plus a foot. As long as a car. Yeah, height, yeah basketball goal height plus a foot. By 5. By 5, S- five foot. feet deep. I, I guess because if it's going to be a pie, it's going to be round. It's I'm going to go same. eleven feet wide, eleven feet across, yeah, across, yeah. and five feet deep. Five feet deep. Wow. So that'd be like coming up to my nose or so, like that's that, a, in a lot depth of pie. and 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 long. Yeah. Holy smokes! Um, Delicious. Each year, the USA grows one point nine billion pounds of peaches. Okay, I thought you were going to say billion peaches, and I was like, that seems billion low. Billion pounds, pounds of peaches. Okay. Um, do you want to guess what the national peach month is? Uh, you have 12 guesses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> July? Close. You missed it by one. August? August. There okay. you go. You went the right way. Yay for Yay. a bonus point right. there. Bonus yeah. point. That the, means I get to miss one for free next week. That's right. You yeah. got one in the... in the. Uh, you get a, a It's a mulligan. mulligan. Yeah. That's right. You earned, earned you a mulligan. Absolutely. The uh, Somebody asked me before I started doing research on this, and I should have known. Um, where this band is from? Like, did you know they were a Seattle band before you did homework? No, not before homework. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody was like, "Which state are they from?" I was like, "I'm gonna go either Georgia because of the Peaches song, uh-huh. or Virginia because of the uh, location and proximity to Washington D.C. or something oh. like that." Just trying to lean into the pre- the name of the band, oh, Presidents yeah. of the United okay. States. But I was way wrong. So yeah. Seattle, yeah. Definitely not California. If you uh, if you know some of their um, song titles from the uh, early project, then you know uh, maybe a feeling about the California there. I didn't um, know uh, the <laughs> at song, least in name of the title. Yeah, I didn't know the song "Seattle Head" uh, that Dave played with uh, Duff McKagan on their Loaded album, um, but I like it now. I yeah. listened to it as I was looking through from the the Dark Days album. It's pretty cool. And there's a kind of a um, a, a decent sized sort of a family tree. You know that branches off from President yeah. of the United States of America. Chris has solo stuff. Uh, he's have I think four solo records, um, and uh, Dave has done some um, some other things, and Jason's done some other things, and then yeah. Chris has an alter ego 
uh, Casper Baby Pants, who, <laughs> if you have kids, you may know Casper Baby Pants. He's doing the, uh, you know, children's music stuff and and has been very successful with that and uh, won some won some awards, I believe, um, for that as well. Officially, they dis they they disbanded in 2015 and announced it, I think, in 2016, and then have kind of. I, I guess reunited is yeah, the word, but it's, reunited, but it's not but like they they're never really they have touring or yeah, maybe and they're not out promoting uh, the new project because it's not a new project that they're putting together right now that we know of. Right, it's a re-release it's a of yeah. the original, and so we're going to talk to them about that. Uh, a high quality uh, re-release and um, you know new versions. You know, if you have watched the videos on YouTube, it looks like 1995. Yeah, you know quality. So I think they're they're. Putting, putting out some, you know, Leaning high def. into the nostalgia, but high def of it. Yeah, right? give it to me in high def at yeah. this point. Give me the option. If I wanted to watch it and look at, look grainy, I could, still can. Yeah, you can go back you know and look at that. You yeah, know, but I'd prefer to see it, you know, whatever. Make it make it look great. I don't care. Um, a little more on that album, the debut album, The Presidents of the United States of America. It went to number six on the Billboard 200, uh, number three on the U.S. Heat Seekers chart, Number three in Australia and New Zealand, and number five in Canada. This was a, a bigger song in Canada than I realized. Yeah, it was the 185. It was the number 185 album for all of 1995, and number 24 for all of 1996. Um, and in that same year, it was the number seven album in Australia for the entire year. It is certified three times platinum in the U.S., four times platinum in Australia and Canada. It is single platinum in uh, New Zealand and gold in the UK, and it produced four singles, uh, of which Peaches was the third. Yeah, uh, Kitty came first, then Lump, which we'll t- t- stop and take a second on, um, Peaches, and then Dune Buggy, and it was nominated for Grammys in both 1995 and 1996. Uh, let's go back here for a second and hit a little Lump, because if you don't remember the presidents from... Peaches, Peaches you know which you do, but if you don't, then you surely remember Lump. I used to think he said a buggy mart. I did like, too. Like a shopping. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. It's funny that we both have the same misheard lyric that's yeah. not that close. I mean, yeah. it's close, but... Right, yeah. Yeah, now it's obvious. What a great... This chord. Uh, 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 uh. And, and Jason killing on the... Boom, boom, boom. Dude, I love this song. It's great. Um, and then, of course, that song then got parodied by our guy, Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, as Gump. This is from Force, Force Gump. A little faster. A little bit. Was this from Bad Hair Day? Yeah. They didn't really didn't really match up the guitar tone uh, as much it's as you there. would imagine. Yeah. yeah, it's more of that like rectified sound, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. But hey, what are you gonna do? Can't win them all. Um, and if you didn't listen hair. to them back to back, you probably wouldn't notice nearly That's as much. True. But just A B and I'm like yeah. that. You're really yeah, going, I've never oh, noticed that, was, uh, that it was that different kind till, of a weak yeah, tone. But yeah, I played them back to back. Uh, okay, let's see. What anything else no, uh, we no. need to hit on the presidents of the United States of I'm America? Good. Let's talk to some presidents. There was one more side project of Chris's I wanted to uh, mention, and the name is escaping me for just a second. There, a group called the Feelings Hijackers. Um, this is great, and he has a, a whole bunch of output of just different things. But um, and it's kind of a I don't know. It's Chris Ballou with some like rappy hip hop. It's fun, you know. It's cool. So we're going to talk to Chris. We're going to talk to Dave. And um, 
and learn a lot. I, yeah. You know, in a we get them for about actually we get Dave. Dave actually had to leave. We had Dave for like. <laughs> Uh, 30 minutes right on, yeah, and then uh, we had Chris for like for another 30, 10, 39 like minutes, yeah, like that, or yeah, yeah. 43 um, minutes. But uh, yeah, Dave had a plane to catch, so he he had to bounce. But uh, we we got we, we're gonna cover a lot of ground in this uh, conversation, so we're gonna go on and speak with them, and uh, you guys are gonna love them just as we did. And uh, man, we hope you're having a good time with us. We're excited to be back with you for a new season of the Great Song Podcast, um, covering songs that we love. You know, the, you guys know the rules by now. If you turn it up, it's worthy. That's why it belongs on the show. If you, when it comes on the radio, if you turn it up, then man, it belongs. It doesn't care what kind of song it is. Happy President's Day, y'all. And happy President's Day. We're releasing this. So, yeah, that's why we're doing this this week. And, and this, this push is happening. We'll hear from them. But it's uh, it's President's Day week. Uh, and President's- we literally just hung up the phone. They were our last interview. Yeah. Like, not too long ago. Normally, we space these out, like, interview and then do the episodes later. But Way later. <laughs> yeah, but President's Day is uh, it's it's this week. That's right. As so we release. This so. is this is the week that they're uh, announcing their big their big push for this, uh, you know, debut album. So we wanted to help be a part of that push. That's why we're bringing it to you. This week, it's President's Day. It is Presidents of the United States of America Day here on the Great Song Podcast. And so let's go talk to Chris Ballou and Dave Detterer of the Presidents of the United States of America. And we'll be back, be back at the end to tuck you in. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Chris Ballou and Dave Detterer of the Presidents of the United States of America. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. Our it's pleasure. To be- Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. I gotta yeah, say, great, great, great to be here. I, I, I was in uh, like eighth grade, I think, when you guys really broke through, um, and just the like silliness and fun of it all just brought it, it came at the perfect time for you know in my life. So I'm super jazzed to chat with you today. I know I know JP as well. Um, but I've, well, I'm, gl- I'm glad we helped somebody break through in eighth grade because I was not breaking through in eighth grade. I was breaking <laughs> out. I was breaking out in eighth grade, but that's it. If somebody. I mean, the closest I came to an album helping me in eighth grade was um, A Night at the Opera by Queen, okay. that album. Hey, that album helped us unfortunately, all. Unfortunately, I was breaking out in eighth grade, typically on a Friday or Saturday night while staying at my friend Paul Sogwadel's house, and we would sneak out and go to the university district in Seattle and get into all kinds of trouble, uh, which thankfully we, we never got arrested for, but that <laughs> was uh, a blessing. That's awesome. Um, okay, First things first, let's get right into kind of the reason that we've all gathered here today. Um, you guys are, are are putting out a new, higher quality uh, re-release of the debut album that made such a splash in 1995. Um, and this comes on the heels of the 25th anniversary vinyl release um, that raised a, a, an incredible amount of money on crowdfunding uh, in 2020. So kind of tell us about the push for the re-release and the, and the, you know, the impetus for getting it out there in higher quality on audio and video. Yeah, well, um, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving that album. Uh, It's such a weird album. It sounds so different and bizarre, not just in uh, terms of what else was on the radio at that time, but just globally. It's a very bizarre sounding record. I'm personally extremely proud to have uh, cracked into the sort of upper strata of success or whatever you want to call it with such a weird record. So it's delightful to kind of like, you know, re-release it occasionally. Uh, do we're doing a, a vinyl run with a company called Bandbox. We're doing it on gold vinyl. Oh, um, sweet! And then we're also releasing our demo tape, Froggy Style, uh, on uh, yellow vinyl at uh, at the same time. So that and that's really never been. I mean, we made fifteen hundred copies in the nineties, but right, uh, it's never been uh, sort of you know officially released to the wider public. So yeah, it's just a matter of. Um, you know, uh, turning more people onto it, uh, marking time, you know, it's, I think we're coming up, we're coming up on 30 years. We're not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to figure out something there. We'll Um, we'll have some questions on froggy style here in a minute. I've got some. That'll be fun. Everybody's excited for that. And to get anything on, you know, everything, it's like the new age of vinyl is just cool anyway. Like, you know, it being a a collectible and audiophile thing to do, uh, you know, is, and, and it's, you know, better for artists, I guess you guys, you know, if people are buying vinyls directly from you, I'm sure that's much better for you guys than us streaming albums and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. I'm not, we're not too worried about that stuff. I mean, my attitude about that is just, you know, it's great. However you get the music, it doesn't matter. Just get it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Honestly, uh, in 
terms of that whole business question, we're lucky because we own the first record. Yeah. That's a long, long, boring business story, but we are the label. So um, we can do whatever the hell we want with it. And we get uh, paid like the label instead of like the artist getting a pittance of an artist royalty. So it's a lot of fun to have that flexibility. And, you know, following up on Chris's answer, the reason we're doing it now basically is because we're lazy. We basically <laughs> just sit on this thing. And finally, actually, Jason Finn, our, our third partner who's not here, has just got a big you know, flaming stick up his eyes in the last four or five <laughs> years to just do stuff and uh, do business, which has never mm. really been his MO before. And it turns out he's really, 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 really good at it. And he's sort he's driving all these, all these moves we're making. It's kind of a fun new, uh, new era for us. Okay. Yeah. Back in the day, back in the day, we were like a three headed Hydra. It was like Dave read all the books about the music business and could read a contract I wrote the songs and stayed weird. And then Jason got drunk with the, you know, reps from the publishing company that needed to feel special. <laughs> so uh, he was late night PR. Uh, but he's, yeah, he's kind of transitioned over to being uh, more of a business brain. He was actually uh, in the second iteration of the band um, in the 2000s. Jason was our drum manager. So he was an actual... Uh, captain of the ship for a while there well since uh since you mentioned on uh, on dave kind of being the brains of the operation i do have a teaching question because you taught english at in denver yeah what's the most common mistake english students make is it punctuation is it word usage like accept or accept what's the common uh english mistake that you would catch on the regular I think the most common is the it's it's spelling okay. mistake oh, uh, that's yeah. one which of you'll see even peeves. in You'll see even in mainstream, legitimate, you know, media outlets still oh, make that mistake. We all know the time. we were at a rock show by a well-known artist the sure, other night at the ago. Ryman in Nashville, and Rob's like, "They missed it's on the sign. Yeah, on it's the like poster. on like, the poster." From the artist. And Rob like circled it real big, and I was like, "Dude, how do you miss it there?" <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, yeah, we're no. not going to tell you who you need to help, Dave. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an easy one. That's an easy one to answer. If you want to look up '90s artists that played at the Ramen a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> there you go. Uh, you, you '90s blues phenoms who played at the <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago. Um, Who's phenom? <laughs> uh, okay, so what um, what kind of inspired that like minimalist uh, musical aesthetic that you guys have modeled so well? You know, bass on two strings, guitar on like three strings or four strings, Jason playing a little tiny kit with the... crash cymbals. Uh, you know, is that something that, okay, part A, that's part A. Part B is, is that something that you guys stuck to hard and fast like in the studio um, or was some of it, it was was any of it ever just kind of just for show? Uh, well, first of all, none of it was for show. And how it came about was actually, uh, people can't see this probably, but behind me there's this red guitar, which is currently strung up to be a six-string, but that was the original two-string that Mark Sandman, the lead singer of Morphine, uh, had in his loft set up as a two-string. He played with a slide, so his strings were way off the fretboard, but he had set this one up as a two-string you could actually fret with your fingers. And I picked it up, and I just had this feeling like, I am home. This is it. <laughs> and I immediately realized, oh, I can play something where I feel like I'm ripping off Kiss or the Buzzcocks or the Sex Pistols or the whatever. Um, but nobody else will hear it because it's coming through a two-string. So it was like this really wonderful license to like wear my influences on my sleeve and get away with it and sound fresh while paying homage in my mind to all kinds of bands like Mach five is me just pretending to be in kiss. You know? <laughs> That's great. Fair enough. So, and then this, this uh, guitar here is the other one is the one I actually played on the debut. It's the two string that, that uh, rocked the world and uh, bought it for 75 bucks. And That's sold what? That's so good. Probably mine, five mine million. Got, mine got stolen. Actually, it was from mm. our friend, the fourth president, Dave Thiele, and I. Yeah, I never even bought it from him. I think I still owe him forty dollars or something. <laughs> uh, you know, there were other reasons. You know, um, Chris, you know, started out playing keyboards and piano, and so when he came to guitar in high school, he didn't have any preconceived notions ever about how you're supposed to play the instrument, other than make a good sound come out of it. Mm. So. He always had a fresh perspective. And then also, Chris, when you moved back from Boston in the fall of 93, he had really bad tinnitus. And so the reason Jason, so when like the first eight or 10 presidents gigs, because Chris and I had had bands for 10 years, Jason was in the band, we just played as the two of us. And, um, and then we, you know, 
Chris had this new set of songs that were all written in these open tunings. And I kind of, the first couple of times we rehearsed, I tried to play a six string acoustic guitar. It just didn't work. So I started playing three string. And then from there, it became intentional. And, you know, the cool thing about it is, you know, we wanted people to hear the vocal melodies and the words right yeah. off. You don't want them to have to listen to the record 20 times. You want them yeah. to hear the song once in a noisy club and walk out singing the chorus. So if you take off all those high strings on the guitar, and then we finally agreed to let Jason in the band after he begged, <laughs> that's another story. We, we restricted his cymbals because, you know, that, that was, we'd all been playing music for a long time at that point, And that was very conscious, like, understanding of where the frequencies are like if you're most of the songs chris is singing in kind of a high tenor alto range sometimes i'm doubling but that pop vocal range competes exactly with crash cymbals and the higher register on the guitar so we're like well if we just cut all that noise out and nobody's not very useful information anyway we make yeah. this bed of lower mid-range and then let the vocals soar over the top of that so, and we also knew that with five strings, you know, I mean, you can make a minor seven flat five sus four, you can make any chord you want with five notes. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And as, and as Eddie Van Halen already said a million years ago, if you start dicking with ninth chords through a blazing Marshall, it's going to sound like this shit anyway. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most, most live guitar just sounds like, you know, with all the pedals and six strings, it just sounds like a jet engine on either. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I loved y'all's uh, you're playing live at Mount Rushmore on MTV Live. How much fun was that? Do you still, uh, Dave, do you still have that orange vest? Uh, the only time I remember you playing that blue strat was on that show. I didn't know uh, that's still, uh, I just packed it in my gig bag. Yep. That's still my main guitar, and I actually broke that first body throwing it across the stage here in Hawaii, not on <laughs> Hawaii where I am now, but at a gig where, believe it or not, no doubt open for us oh, okay and that's cool. uh, threw it across the stage at the end and then i bought a cheap replacement body and that's still my main instrument everything else on it is original it's been a six string for years hey, now that's but great that's great yeah, yeah that gig i guess it was fun there's a you know we could do the whole rest of the segment on getting there on the private jet and chris almost not agreeing to get on the plane and but really? that gig you know it was like 38 or 40 degrees and right at the start of the gig some kid some contest winner threw like a 40 ounce freezing cold mountain <laughs> dew all over my my levi's oh my so god I, no. whole, I played for 45 minutes soaked in freezing cold mountain dew and my, i kind of i think i remember was that the time was that the time you got hit by a drink and the drink arrived totally like um upright it, it hit you it just it just looked like it was flying in like shot out of a cannon <laughs> That was just amazing. He's right in front of me. We're about to start. They're like, in, two, one. And he just throws this Mountain Dew. Oh I mean, this guy won a contest. <laughs> he probably flew from, like, you know, Corpus uh, Christi or for something. Free. Like, That's crazy. Yeah, for free. Yeah. The uh, oh, You said uh, with 572 of your closest friends, maybe you meant 571 of your closest friends. And that guy. Yeah, And that guy. Soda. Wow. Yeah, that was fun. That the one other note, uh, technical note with that which was amazing was that we had hot air vents on the stage that were oh, blowing cool. up on it. As, as long as we were on the vent, everything was fine and in tune, but if we went off the vents to walk the stage or rock out together or acknowledge Jason or something, the cold sent the guitars out of tune. We had to retrack four songs uh because they were so out of tune. Really? When we like like in post you had to retrack them. No, no, no. Oh, just at, read live. At the show. We just gotcha. like, all right, everybody, the you know, the cold is wreaking havoc. We gotta do these four <laughs> songs. Yeah. I'd forgotten yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, and still some of the yeah. songs that made it into the into the cut, um, the you know, the guitars are not always in great yeah. tune, but <laughs> that's the that was the trick with two and three strings, because they had to be our intonation yeah, had to perfect. be good. Yeah. Yeah. And we also, you know, just as a funny side note to that kind of attitude. We kind of talked early on, like, if we're going to play these silly songs and have these weird instruments and this weird drum kit and look the way we do, we have to be good. If we're silly and not technically great musicians, <laughs> we're going to be in big trouble. Uh, so I remember that being a thing, like, you know, our instruments have to work and, you know, sound good all up and down the neck. And it was kind of a challenge to keep the two and three yeah. string thing sounding good over different guitars that came and went in the band you mentioned things that did and didn't make the cut 
the Froggy Style cassette in 94, which you talked about, you know, Kitty at the Foot, which becomes Kitty on the debut album, has the best meows in rock music, um, which I noticed <laughs> on your Mount Rushmore. Actually, Dave, you do. I didn't know who actually did the meows. Till I, uh, well, I think we both we both did them on the recording. On the recording? Okay, I saw you did it live. Yeah. Body tricks me every time, as I expect it to just explode. It builds and builds, and then just comes way back down. Till the end, the last three seconds, it finally doubles the, the bass and the craziness at the end. But... Puffy Little Shoes didn't make the cut on the, and that's probably my favorite song on there. So I was, uh, oh wow, I love that song. So on the, so on the second record, and the problem is that we never could match that version on the the cassette. Even we recorded it a million times again, yep. and even the version on the second record, we kind of went in a new direction. Yeah, it's it's uh, with it new. Direction. It's more rocking. Yeah. Actually, no side note. Since Jason's not here to speak up for himself, that thing at the <laughs> end of Body that sounds like a double kick. Yeah. That's actually Jason playing this super amazing pattern with the kick and the floor tom. Oh, really? Which, it uh, sounds like which he could do partly because he, you know, he plays. He's left-handed, so he plays open-handed. So he has all sorts of weird. That's one of the things that makes his drumming uniquely wonderful. Like Ringo, yeah, like Ringo yeah. and like Stuart Copeland. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Right? Uh-huh. How about that? Yeah. Oh, Puffy Little Shoes. Yeah, that original version really captured it because that song was written. I had a really amazing day with some friends at a lake in the summer and outside of Boston, it was sunny. We were swimming across this lake and we were sitting around at the end of the day, kind of warming ourselves by a fire, having been in the water all day. And I started playing that song. I made it up at the fireplace there. That's cool. Fire fireside. And it was meant to just capture the joy of that moment. Like, and so it didn't make sense. It wasn't like (laughs) saying here, this is about the moment. It was the sound of the moment. Mm, That's cool. And so it was hard to reproduce. And when we did it on the second record, there's one other Beatles note to be, uh, to notice. So we did it on the second record and it has this, oh no, I'm sorry. That's ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen has this big, long outro. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the three of us playing those solos or the three of us like John, George and Paul. Did on, on at the, the end. end of Abby, yeah, the end yeah. Of, yeah well, and then the end of it goes on for this note sustains. Yeah, that was a yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the wonderful thing is that that on our record, those three guitar parts are so great. I love them. And first take, that was our oh, first take. Nice one and only take. Jason killed it. Oh, <laughs> just so good. His solo's amazing. Anyway, I just had to rant about that a little bit because well, I listened great. to that record recently and that just blew my mind. Well, then we have to segue into Casper Baby Pants because the three guitar <laughs> solos on the end um, of the of the of the ones that right. you did there. So well, that's a good segue. I know Rob had a good uh, Casper Baby Pants question. Yeah, um, I, just, I just need to know if in your if you're in your opinion is Casper Baby Pants the inspiration for another Chris, Chris Pratt, and his character Johnny Karate from uh, Parks and Recreation. <laughs> I don't I no, I think I want to say that came first, but I'm not sure. Okay. I'd but like Chris to think Pratt so. Chris Pratt is from from up here, right? He's from the Northwest as uh, Be- as yeah. is his ex-wife Anna Ferris. They're both from Seattle, Seattle area, folks? I think. Yeah. yeah. Never know. As is Brendan Fraser, who's in The Whale, which is a fantastic movie. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and Encino Man. And it's, yeah, oh, yeah. The, and, right. and, and, George, and George of the Jungle, which uh, we did the theme song for. That's right. Wow. How there about that? That was fast thing. That was theme songs. Fast computation, Chris. You can go theme well songs done. on that. We'll, right. we'll yeah. go. Uh, um, so, uh, okay. Seven, de- seven degrees of Polly Shore. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, exactly. yeah. Speaking of speaking of theme songs, we can't miss uh, talking about Cleveland Rocks. Uh, you know, how did right. your your cover of that Ian Hunter song become the absolutely perfect theme song for the Drew Carey show? It was Drew Carey actually asked us to do it in person. We were on the really? Rosie O'Donnell show. He was a guest. He came and hung out with us in our trailer because, of course, you want to hang out with the rock band. You want yeah. to hang out with the TV. <laughs> super great guy i haven't i don't know if you or jason have re-met him since he's been an investor yeah, in we've seen him time. a couple times at uh, sounders games yeah so he just said and he was doing things you know he'd had joe walsh on he'd had yeah. people do it and his idea was that they would do it and just use it once in the full length and then they ended up using it for like seven yeah. or eight seasons yeah and honestly that is um that's my favorite president's recording really oh wow that's okay. Even though it does have six string guitar on it, but I just love sounds on it. It sounds exactly like what it is, which is we went to the studio, learned it, and played it yeah. all within like an hour and a half and had to figure out how to make all the parts work with our 
you know, limited musical <laughs> vocabulary. And I, I just, it's a really exciting sounded, exciting sounding recording. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's great energy. That's, that's Drew Carey at the end saying, Ohio. 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 Yeah. yeah. He phoned it in to the studio. Did he really? <laughs> that's oh, that's cool. great. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. That, and that, that was the big moment <clears throat> when I realized, wait a minute, you can make music and put it on TV shows and then maybe commercials and movies. And that's just a way to make a living. Right. So I, I dug into that for about the next 15 years because of that, that gig and, you know, got into that world. And, and, and ironic, uh, ironically, we didn't, it's still a mystery as to how poorly paid we were for doing that, but that's another story. <laughs> I know Ian Hunter, right. I've read many, you know, obviously for placements like that, if you're the songwriter, you do better than the performing artist. But I've read multiple interviews with Ian Hunter. He's like, thank God for that TV show. I've been making a living off that for 23 years. Oh, you my know? goodness. Like, we have not, but that's we, okay. We made some money. We got we other ways. We got other ways. I'm sure y'all raked in the royalties from being on Mad TV and uh, when the Saints go marching in. I'm sure it's where you're getting all your... Uh, Wow. That's keeping the pool warm. That's taking me back. For what me. the hell? <laughs> so you have two videos for Lump. Do you have a favorite? Do either of y'all have a favorite one of those videos? I think wasn't wasn't the reason one of them didn't get airplay is because I lit a tiny little battery powered amplifier on, on, on fire okay. and then stomped on it with my gold boot and they were freaked out about fire. Okay, like, I was too, too violent. That's okay. the height yeah. of the too like violent. This is the height of you know <laughs> yeah. L.A. gangster rap. Yeah, you know? right. yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the era yeah. where like Beavis and Butthead and Jackass, right? And they're trying to keep people from doing yeah. stupid things, so they're like, "We'll just that's it." Yep. Squash that was the- more it. It was more. It was more of a liability fear. Like people are kids are going to light amplifiers on fire and stomp <laughs> them all over the nation. <laughs> yeah, and burn the whole country down or something. Yeah. So you know the. Um, it's some of the footage is in both the the tugboat, which I love, but the the second one, the alternate one, captures more of what our life was at the time, yeah. and yeah. more of our vibe. I think but the first one's a better video. Yeah, that tug and barge in that video is uh, my he sold business years ago, but that was, my stepdad was a tugboat captain. Oh, and I didn't that know. Was his, that's cool. His boat and his barge that I actually used to work on in high school and college. That's, yeah. awesome. that's amazing. Yeah. And, and, kind of, kind of cool. and during the shoot, the propeller sheared off and we got stuck out there in the middle of Lake Union, yeah. which happens, I don't know, Dave, probably happens uh, once every 25 years or something. Uh, wow. Yeah, we're in the middle of, Elliott, middle of Elliott Bay out in front of Seattle and the, the prop dropped off the drive shaft which <laughs> 20 grand or whatever it was oh a sign God. of things it was an omen for things to come yeah <laughs> well drop well, drop drop the drive shaft oh the other shot that's in both is the chihuahua on the cell on phone. the cell phone that's good <laughs> that's good, good good reverence there uh, okay, I can't believe that I actually get to tell you guys this. That's uh, great. Story. The odds of this happening are just amazing. But um, your music helped me ace a big project in my tenth grade biology class. <laughs> um, I, rec- wow. I I wrote and recorded a parody of Peaches on a four track cassette deck, and it was about nice. plankton uh, in the open ocean zone. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I got an A. So thank you very much for helping me in my academic wow. pursuits. Uh, you know, maybe some scholarships down the road. Um, <laughs> thanks to uh, thanks yeah. to Peaches and that Fostex four track, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it, million, I have, I, it is true that if you play our whole catalog backwards, by the time you're finished, you'll be at a PhD level in biochemistry. <laughs> true. Wow. Follow it all. I will get right on that. Yeah, that's because. Dave was actually going after a. What are you were you going after a graduate degree? No, or? I got masters in in urban planning. Yeah, uh, so it, okay. so it's in there. The the learning so it's is it's buried now. He was. <laughs> Yeah, Some I remember he was good. science, environmental science buried in there. There yeah. we go. So wait, what was the cor- what was the chorus of peaches of millions of plankton? Plankton. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't t- I didn't stray too far from the source material, you know. Yeah, okay. That was it. The uh, okay. I do have a question for Chris. You you roomed with Beck for a while, right? And played in his band. Mm-hmm. You, you got a good yep. Beck story? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any that you, you can share? Oh, that's your alarm. Oh, there's uh, alarm. Okay, so we'll. Uh, that's all right. We good. We, okay. Sorry. We'll be respectful. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap we'll it up. Do a tight five here. No, no. You guys can keep. You can keep talking to Chris okay. as long as you want. But I jump off in two or three minutes. Oh. I have a good backstory from one time yeah. I met him when we were together, which was playing this amazing festival in Christiansand, Norway. It was this super cool, one of the more fun tours. Do you remember that? that I absolutely do. Yeah. And uh, 
we played a big indoor room and he played this super cool outdoor stage where you basically the entryway was two cliffs that you had to walk between. And then we all were having drinks and dinner afterwards or something. And he, I, his whole commentary was basically like, how the fuck did your band with Chris in it get bigger than me? That's <laughs> <laughs> the whole gist of the, the conversation. And then do you remember the time we uh, we talked to the techs at the Deck the Hall Ball and they had that Lazy Susan stage where there was... Oh, yeah. yeah. And what we did is we got it, we we sort of greased the wheels a little bit and said, when Beck hits the last note of his last song, we want to start, kick out the jams and be playing it as the stage. <laughs> That's right. And yes. nobody told Beck. We did it as a prank on Beck. <laughs> so he would be like all disoriented, like, what's happening? And we just like can't come around and like That's wipe the awesome. sleep. Yeah, and it, and we pulled it off. That's it worked. Great. So that's great. Yeah, that was a great memory. Well, we will. Yeah, I do. I, I do have another memory, just real quick, of him. Please. We were on. No, tour. you guys keep going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna oh, drop okay. off. Thanks for having but, us, guys. Before sorry, you bounce, can sorry, we, music can, fans. I gotta catch a flight. Can we ask you a 30 second question that we ask everybody, yes. and then we'll come back to? The, we ask both you guys. So you go into a gas station. You're on tour. What's your gas station snack food of choice? I get a Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say, "Can you have any candy bar you want? It's the most ounces." So I get a Three Musketeers candy bar. Chris, what do you get? Uh, corn nuts until I broke a tooth on one. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> okay. For me, it was you got to remember mid '90s. This was before power bars and uh, cliff bars and stuff were in convenience stores. So you go into your average truck stop next to a Waffle House. I would get a Twix because it. I felt like the cracker in there made it. It was like healthy. Healthy. Right? That was like the healthiest thing. <laughs> two you could two get. for me, none for you. Sorry, <laughs> two healthy candy bars. That's awesome. That's great. Okay, you guys. Have, thanks, just keep rocking with Chris, and thanks for having Appreciate us. It, All right. Thanks so much, See you guys. Yeah, Bye. Sure. Well, I'm fine. There's this one funny memory. Tell, tell so, your backstory. So we're on to, I mean, I have backstories. Like, <laughs> I have a massive overarching backstory that is crazy balls, but it's way too long to go into. But um, one specific snapshot memory I had is we were on the first tour, uh, you know, in a van. We were playing clubs that were way too small. And part of the strategy was let's play a club that's too small and then we'll have to add a show and it'll be a big thing and everyone will talk about it. It was kind of a strategy back then, but it was exhausting because we were doing two shows a night in these tiny, sweaty, little weird places. So one night we're doing that, we're in a basement room. There's really no stage. It's like crowd and us are on the same level and it's completely sweaty and confined in there. And Beck goes to stage dive and try to get up on the people, but <laughs> he jumped and hit the wall of people, and all these hands came out and grabbed him, and he's just, like, stuck to the... <laughs> like, sideways. And, and I look at him, and he looks at me, and he's just, like... He's kind of shaking his head, like, what am I going to do? How do I get out of this? Um, and, That's of course, we both came... Uh, because of the frequency of shows and the uh, proximity to other humans, we both came down with pneumonia and went to the hospital together and saw the doctor at the same yeah, time in our right. little... We, I felt like we were uh, brothers, you know, getting our uh, seeing our pediatrician when we were six years old. Or something. <laughs> oh, we man. both had pneumonia. We got stuck somewhere for like six days trying to get over pneumonia. And it, while we were in the waiting room at the hospital, we learned that Kurt Cobain died. Oh man! Wow! Wow! So, yeah, April fourth, nineteen ninety four. Uh, Way so, to really uh, bring it down, Chris. We were having a great I know, time. I know. <laughs> wow. It's just a convergence of sadness. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if you heard today, just, they just announced like a two minutes hours before ago we that, got on that Burt Bacharach has passed away. So, like, um, yes, so, I saw that. Not exactly. He's, he's, the joined same, the, he's joined the 94 Club. All those. Oh, right. You know, yes. The yeah. All those people club. that. It just keeps taking artists from us. Darn it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm drinking water. I'm going to get to the 94 no, Club. Make it. Yeah. The, uh, I do have one thing since we're chatting with you. I love your solo album, Turn Band, I guess, Giraffes with Jason and Mike. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I right. really enjoyed that. So um, Thank you. Since, yeah. Since I appreciate you that. There's, there's a recording or there's a video online of us playing at Bumbershoot in like, I don't know, 97 or okay. 8 or something. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I got, we cover... We cover um, Maybe I'm Amazed. Okay, by Paul McCartney, McCartney song. That's great. Kind of kind of kicked it out. That's <laughs> awesome. I don't remember being that good, but <laughs> anyway, there, there it is. That's cool. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> check that out. Well, uh, I, I love, um, you know, okay, so you guys, aside from getting parodied by me, uh, you also got right. parodied by uh, a guy who is my white whale for this podcast, Weird Al Yankovic. Um, mm. How did you, you know, and I know you've continued a relationship since, or maybe even before, for all I know, um, but, uh, and I know he directed your <clears throat> video for Mixed Up SOB. 
Um, but yeah. uh, how did all that come about? And did, did you guys just love, like, is that an honor to you guys, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, man, I grew up watching MTV religiously with my good friend Dale, who we had a band together, and we would just sit there for hours waiting for something good to come on MTV. <laughs> you know, like, um, and you know, there were there were there was like you know uh, there were diamonds in the rough. There was a shark attack by um, oh god, split ends, and a few like new wave kind of, and you know, the Clash and mm-hmm. Sex Pistols every once in a while. But anyway, Weird Al was also a bright spot. We're like, this is so ridiculous. Ha <laughs> ha. And um, so I became, of course, aware of him when I was just such a, you know, regular guy, little kid, really, right. and have grow up and go through the process of having him parody one of my songs and play me in yeah. the video. Yeah. Weird yeah. Al was me. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. It was, it blew me, it cracked my mind open. It was incredible. But yeah, we met around that time when he did the parody. Um, and actually he debuted the video for me in our, tour, I think his tour bus or our tour bus, I can't remember, hmm. a tour bus, just me and Al and the video. And he later confided in me many years later that he was so nervous because he had what? never, he had never debuted the video for the artist oh, yeah. in person. And that's he was cool. just wow. like, wow, that's cool. That's a, out. It's a great story. I, I, the problem is I don't remember it. I was on a podcast talking about Weird Al, told that story. And I was like, oh, because the question, I didn't actually tell the story because the question was, where were you when you saw the lump parody? And I was like, I don't remember. Hotel room? I don't know. And then I asked Al and he said, you don't remember? <laughs> we were together. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So anyway, it's a testament to how much there is to forget, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That's a, that's, that's Rob's number one land that we want to get someday. So we welcome any connection. (laughs) That's right. If you can put in a good word for the great song podcast. (laughs) uh, Okay. So yeah. Yeah, But uh, he, He's he's a really uh, amazing human being. I think he probably considered doing your podcast. He's a dear human being. That's he what we like, like to hear. Nice yeah, guy. Rob met yeah. him one time at a meet and greet. Got to meet him at a show, so, and yeah, you know, uh, tell him thanks and all that good stuff. So that's I, at least I have that. It's, it's my pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, this has been great, man. Thank you so much. Um, anything that you yeah. want to us to pitch for you, or anything else uh, that you want us to? Touch yeah, on? actually, uh, we, I not only have the President's two records with Bandbox coming out in March, but there's a Casper baby pants record called fun favorites it's a reissue of a limited edition compilation of hits from my records that i did on vinyl years ago but i sold out of those so bandbox is uh, doing an up updated upgraded reissue on red vinyl and then i'm making i'm four albums into a solo thing that is just my name chris Ballou. it's on spotify my latest album bone by bone is out and doing well and yeah well relatively well (laughs) and uh so people should check that out it's like it's like fuzzy trancy groovy uh, existential music for grown-ups to either dance or nap to (laughs) yes i think that's my i think that's my pitch yeah (laughs) we we didn't even talk about flying high getting a grammy nomination yeah that's freaking awesome too it was awesome because i didn't do anything I somebody on the Naris board liked the album and nominated it, that's and that's awesome. always how that's always how I wanted it to happen. So that was beautiful. Without so you having to I, like push and and like beg. Yeah, and, there's a whole there's a whole game you can play. Apparently, there's mm-hmm. money you can throw at it. There's people you can hire to shepherd your project through the process. Uh, I've always been a fan of just make put all your energy into making the dish good, and then sit back and wait. And I did that with Casper. I didn't really promote it at all. I just made music that families needed. And um, so, yeah, that's why it felt so, it felt real and genuine. And that was really nice. I'm kind of glad I didn't win, too, because I get to say three times Grammy-nominated songwriter. <laughs> rather than you don't have to twice Grammy-nominated, yeah, one-time yeah. winner. It just yeah. doesn't really... Doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, was good. No. <laughs> three times Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter Chris Ballou. Yeah. So the next time, when, uh, when Bone by Bone gets nominated, you'll be like, I don't want to win. I yeah. just want to be nominated. If you no, don't. yeah. And, and I, I don't want to be nominated because I like three-time. Oh, okay. Like three-time is better than four. Okay. Well, there you go. Do not nominate me. <laughs> we'll, we'll block that nomination. That's all. Right. Go ahead. Head a nominee. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I will block want, that nomination. This has been a blast. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll keep in touch. Yeah, really fun. 
Uh, say hi to Tennessee for me. Actually, I'm getting together with a bunch of friends on Saturday night to do a deep dive listening party of Big, Big Star from okay. Memphis. Oh, yeah. 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 And we're, and we're, we're priming all week by listening to all Memphis music. So okay. uh, I'm, I'm in Tennessee in my mind. Any nice. nuggets of goodness that you found not to give it, cause we won't talk oh, to your friends God, before there's Saturday. This song, there's this song called Scratchy. It's an instrumental okay. and it's the weirdest sounding guitar I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Um, you know, there's so many, uh, I've been listening to the million dollar quartet. Okay. okay. The com- yeah. Complete session. It's so, it's amazing listening to those guys like talk and uh-huh. kind of, you know, shoot the shit and then fade into then a song. Into and, stuff, yeah. Yeah. That's fast. Fantastic. So that's the cool. host of the thing, uh, Saturday night is sending us all this music. So we're just that's fine. ingesting it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So cool. anyway, well, yeah, I'll be, uh, we've, I'll be mentally in Tennessee all week. Hey, well, we're, we'll be here Enjoy. physically. Get so. some mental barbecue. <laughs> okay. right. Thanks, Thanks man. Talk to you soon, Chris. Have a good one. See you, bud. Yeah, you too. Take care, guys. Bye. Cheers. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was Chris Ballou and Dave Detterer of the Presidents of the United States of America. There it is. There it is. There it is. is. (laughs) Uh, So cool to get to talk to them. And uh, and how cool they played at Mount Rushmore. Let's just be honest. Yeah, you know I've heard I've heard a lot of people say once you see Mount Rushmore, it's not nearly as big as you think. Really? That the the pictures and stuff that they put on postcards, they use angles and whatever to make it look like it's massive and like. It's big, but it's not what you the think. The only way it I know is. to put it to scale is if you've seen Richie Rich, like they've got the family on the side, their face on the side of okay. the mountain. Yeah. So um, that's how I visualize it when I'm looking <laughs> at it. Fair enough. Um, I've never been. I don't really, I don't think I'm interested in being that cold to see that. Okay. I think. Who knows? It might be really overwhelming when you get there and you're like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. And I freaking love this country so much. But. As many know. references as we have, like who would be on the Mount Rushmore of insert something that we're so talking tr- about? Yeah. We should go see the actual Mount it's Rushmore. It's true, yeah. And then we would go, I don't know what we'd say. That's right. I don't know. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.